Hello and welcome to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you, the podcast. I'm Heather Carter and I'm so happy you are here today. Um, We are going to start a series on um, the inner child and the different um, types of not uh, different types of traumas and dysfunction that happened during childhood. I'm going to categorize them and specifically talk about each one. And today we're going to start with the neglected inner child. So if you had emotionally unattached parents, um, if you had the death of a parent, Um, especially in the first five years. Um, If you had um, an emotionally unattached mother and you come from divorce, if you have, um, if you had no emotional attachments to your parents, you would fall under the neglected child category. Okay. So, Think about it like this, and and um, so if this sounds or feels like you, okay, as I'm speaking about this, the neglected inner child, I want you to pay attention to how this makes you feel. So if you have um, difficulty in feeling close to others, okay, or even belonging to the group, if you drift in and out of relationships, um because people do not mean much to you, or if you feel you lack an identity of your own, um, if you suffer intensely from anxiety anxiety or loneliness, um, but yet, what are you gonna do? You're gonna, but you still keep people at a distance. Well, neglect could be one of these pathogenic factors from childhood, right? Um, now, besides the death, besides the emotionally unattached parents, um, there is also, you know, a parent goes in the hospital for extended period of times, right? So it's the emotional neglect that causes this like scar tissue in, you know, the child's feelings. And it basically handicaps um, in a big way, the ability to respond to others and to feel close to them, right? And to um, uh, even to participate um, in, in, in social activities and feel satisfied about it. And it, um, when you when you think about it, okay, one of, one of the things is um, that people th- that have a hard time t- telling me what is wrong. Like, why are they feeling this way? You know, and they'll tell me their childhood was fine. Their childhood was fine. And upon further digging, right, we realize that, okay, there was no emotional attachments. The parents were uh, not a, a fault of the parents, right, but both working. Nobody's paying attention to the child. Um, and they're being neg- emotionally neglected. Nobody is basically saying, you're loved, you're worthy. Um, There's no attention being given to the child at all. There's no interest in the child. And basically, so what does that mean? So that means that neglect is anything that deprives that child 
of his full share or her full share of the parents, right? The loving attention. Um, and a lot of the times, again, it's work. It can be alcoholism, um, you know, death, like I said, divorce. And um, it makes that child feel invisible. They have no identity, really. So it's a phantom. It's elusive. It feels empty, right? Because there's an absence of something. There's a big absence. You know, so when I studied all of the different effects of inner child trauma, um, the inner child from, you know, the different type of parental archetypes um, during childhood, neglect was one that technically... I should fall under, right? So I have all of those um, key factors, which is the death of my mother at three, um, which is before five, right? Anything between one and the five of the death of a mother is one of the worst neglects you can have. Doesn't mean, again, remember this, it doesn't mean I had it worse than you. I need you to keep that in mind. My experience was different than yours, but it's a big indicator that I should not be able to get close to people, and I can get close to people. I used to be too easily close to people, but, um, but here's the thing. I did have a deep emotional connection to my sister, to my grandmother, and those relationships were um, basically counter acted the 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 neglect part, right? So if you had an emotional connection to somebody consistently, the um, during childhood, I want you to know that while this will feel familiar to you. It, it won't it probably won't be at the highest level, right? See, and that's the thing that people don't understand, and I want you to understand is that there's always degrees of right these um, the different um, the different uh, levels of inner child dysfunction and trauma and what that child's doing to you now. So keep that in mind as I keep teaching here. Um, so it, when 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 we feel empty, which is really the, 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 the best way to describe what that inner child is feeling the, in the adult here. It's, it's what, it, it feels like something's continuously missing on every opportunity. And so they can't maintain any close, any um, approving attachment with anyone. Because they couldn't even, they didn't have that as a child and it wasn't mirrored in any way. So that means the childhood's attachment style is insecure. And this is where you're going to see the dismissive avoidant. Okay. This is where you will see the dismissive avoidant. I'm going to say it again. This is where you're going to see the dismissive avoidant. And you will also see, by the way, um, narcissists fall under the neglect category. There's a lot of narcissists in this category. Their needs were never met emotionally. And a lot of people that needs weren't met emotionally also didn't have any of their needs met. And what does a narcissist want? One thing, really. That's it. Meet their needs, whatever they are. They're not looking for you to love. 
They're looking for their needs to be met. Now, the dismissive avoidance. So what does that mean, the difference between the dismissive avoidant and the narcissist? It's the dismissive avoidant wants love, but is too fearful of it. They don't really get it. They feel empty. They don't know how to do that thing. And they're not going to, you know, take that chance. So um, let me keep going. So when the child's feelings... Um, when they don't feel unique, okay, so think about this. If you didn't feel worthy or unique because nobody is emotionally connecting to you as a child, well, then guess what? You lack that capacity to feel that, you know what, you're important. And um, you don't really know how to respond to others. So it might cause you to go from one person to the next, right? And... Um, a lot of the times, you might not care that much about yourself. And guess what happens? Being married is difficult, very difficult for this person. Why? Because um, when you're married, you need an emotional attachment. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but like, it's very serious. It's very serious. So um, when you're not emotionally attaching to your spouse or partner, right? You're, you're, you are detaching and you're dismissing and you're avoiding because it's what, what, guess what? It's the absence of something. It's intangible, right? So, um, you're, you're not, and you're not really even recognizing at times how big of a problem this is. So, um, and, and the other thing that I find and I see over and over is that people that suffer from, you know, deep neglect as a child, no emotional attachment to parents, um, is they hold enormous expectations towards others. Okay. But, but get, here's the, here's what's crazy, but they keep those people that they have these huge expectations of at a distance and then blame them when the person does not live up to their expectations. Okay. So, um, it's feeling trapped. And then you feel panicky. So let's say you expect something from your partner. They will never meet your expectations because the expectations of a neglected inner child are pretty high. And it's also a, a wonderful way to detach from somebody. Well, you don't miss, you don't, they don't, they can't do this. So I'm just going to detach. I'm going to dismiss and avoid. So it, get, it really helps you keep people at a distance. And then when you move away, you become aloof, cool, numb. Eventually, then the anxiety comes back. And then really what starts to happen is depression, right? The deeply sadness in, inside of you. So you you're want the warmth from somebody else, but you're frightened and you withdraw at any hint of the arrival of love, right? So in your loneliness, you already have basically um, observed this pattern in your life before. And you observed when you were a child you know you wanted that warmth and that um, and, and that love and that closeness, but it never came. And you were recognizing something's missing. Now you're really seeing it's missing. And so what you're doing is get this ready. Ready for this? You're transferring 
that same loneliness, that same sadness, that same, those expectations that you actually should have had of your parents, that they never met. You're transferring, it's called transference onto your partner. Okay, now, if you can tap in, tune in, and relate to what I just said, you are ahead of the game. Because now you can actually put a name or um, to all of this. Childhood neglect. Your inner child is the one that, um, that was neglected. And that neglected inner child is the one that is sabotaging your life. Now we know this, right? So what does that mean? That means that you can heal this. I promise you, you can. It's not easy. Because you've got to learn to trust somebody. You've got to learn to trust and put 100% trust in that person, which is really, really difficult. And so um, when you need, we need our parents. We need our mom and our dad. That's the bottom line. And when um, they're not there for us, okay, it's so disappointing. We shut off. We feel invisible. We go numb, right? So, um, when, when, when you think about this, I want you to think about this. How much did you want that love? How much did you want that support? How much did you want them to, um, show you some attention to validate you, right? To say, I do, I love you, Johnny, Susie, let's go out to the ballpark today and throw you know, a football, a baseball, you know, and what it was one of the things that I did with my kids that I, I was just present, present. That was the thing present, but not present. And, um, just worrying about their homework all the time, worrying about one thing or, or never worrying about their homework, by the way, never asking them about it. It was, I love you. I love you. I love you hugging my children all the time. All the time. Showing up for them consistently and constantly while holding them to consequences for their choices, right? So, and if you don't have that, that missing piece creates the ability, the um, a an inability to attach to people, which is what is attachment styles, right? Just so here we are. So what um when when you recognize, okay, that nobody cared very much, and it was um, and these were during certain periods of time or your whole life. I want you to ask yourself, what was I thinking? What did I want? What did I need in those moments? And give it to yourself, right? Obviously, there's more to it, but you've got to start feeling worthy of, of receiving love because when you don't feel worthy of receiving love because you've never been given to you, then you reject it and you expect others to please you, but they're never going to be able to please you and your expectations are never going to be met. And then guess what? You will detach and dismiss and avoid and numb out. You know, I had a client who, um, you know, she basically said, you know, Heather, I just would like an identity. 
I would just like to actually feel like a person. Who am I? You know, and that's usually, by the way, um, that, so the question of who am I is very much attached from what I've seen to the midlife crisis, right? Like, who am I? And women ask me this question usually in their early 40s. I get this. Who am I? Um, I'm a mother. I work. I'm a chauffeur. I'm a taxi driver, right? I'm a cook. I clean the house. I'm this. I'm that. But I don't know who I am. And women that um, come from emotionally emotional neglect really feel who am I even in a bigger um, way than somebody that had some emotional attachment to somebody why because they've been invisible their whole life when you're invisible you can't see any part of yourself so how would you know who you are you don't right and she, you know and, and I love my clients are honest and that is the key and there's a few that have not been honest and it doesn't and it doesn't work I mean you know one of the things that I learned from my dad and you guys know about my dad right you have talked about him but one of the things that he taught me and he didn't mean to teach it by the way <laughs> But he would say thing. He said he would say, "You know, Heather, I have a job. I have, you know, my dad at one point. I mean, it was very successful. But I have a job. I have this, and not, you know, um, you still got to go out there and do this. You still have to, you know, um, I, I, I'm I'm going to wake up tomorrow and go to work, which which was a lie, by the way, because but he didn't have to because he made his life at that point where people, whatever. Anyways, but he was right." In the fact that he had all of these businesses, right? And he did work really hard for a period of time, many years. And then that opened up the door to a lot of, I mean, I think at one point there were eight rental homes, a bar, two bars, a restaurant, um, three racehorses, the Royal Radiator, the, um, uh, the mechanic shop that he first started with, right? And, but... Um, but he was right with that. And here's how I feel when I have clients that just refuse to do the work that I ask them, you know, to do. And and I, I'm really learning. I My client choice is so picky now. It's unbelievable. And I've made some big mistakes with people, right? And not meaning that they were bad. They just weren't ready. And the neglected inner child really resists healing. And what I want to say, and of course I can't say, but I can to them, but I'm going to say it here is this. I'm healed, right? And by the way, so when you hear people say, well, nobody's ever really healed, no shit, okay? Of course we're not 100% healed because we have this human side. But I can tell you today, I am healed. I am a healed person that, yes, will get triggered once in a while. Like any other human being gets triggered. People that are secure, that come from secure homes and have secure attachment styles will get triggered of certain things. That's being called being human. I no longer will ever be codependent again. I am not codependent. I'm a secure attachment style. I do not 
play games. I do not, I am not aggressive. I'm very assertive. Very. There's a difference, by the way. Anger is, there is healthy anger. And then there's rage. I'll have to go through that one day. Right? Um, but I am a healed person. I mean, I was on and off Zoloft years ago for years. There's no, and there's nothing wrong. I'm a big believer in, you know, um, taking um, medication if that's what's needed to calm your brain, to get, you know, when your brain's on fire. But it, it really, once you heal, that means what, what, what healed means then is you are able to control your emotions, control your reactions. You're able to stay in the emotions without reacting to the emotion, without blaming others, without needing to be right, without personalizing things, without making assumptions. And mostly, the biggest thing about being healed is this is being able to say, okay, I'm using the perspective right now, emotional reasoning. I feel it, so it must be true, and then reacting on that bullshit. So, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm going to wake up tomorrow, the next day, and I'm still going to be good. And I deserve that. I'm worthy of that. And I love myself. But if you don't get that and you don't open up to the healing that can be there for you, then it's like what my dad said. Heather, tomorrow I get to go to have a job. I'm going to say this. Tomorrow, today, every day, I get to wake up and be freaking happy. And yeah, life comes and there's some down moments and maybe some. But yeah, no, I get to live an amazing life. I can't, I can lead the horse to water. I can't make it drink. That's kind of basically what I'm saying. So let's now go back to getting back to the neglected inner child, how, why it's so hard. You know, they get very, so when I was my client, going back to this client, one of the things that she was very honest about was when she said that, you know, her friends were really excited about having this home, the children. And she said, I feel restless and disoriented and I am not excited about it. She said, I can't concentrate on what people are saying to me anymore at these social functions that I go to. Um, and she feels no connection to them. Not, not the children as much, but she's basically repeating the pattern of being the emotionally disconnected mother, right? But with everybody. And we, you know, as we dug, of course, she couldn't communicate with her father at all. Um, and she just, and, and her mother, of course, was the same way. Her mother didn't want to hear anything. And all they did was complain about each other. And nobody took a conscious interest in her, ever. And so what happens, again, um, when you spend uh, most of your childhood in, like, this lonely vacuum unable to be close to anyone, right? Um, then how do you, you can't form bonds because in your loneliness, you become anxious and frightened. So in your loneliness, when you're anxious and frightened and you want to attach to somebody else and be close to them, guess what happens? That inner child of the past, you know what? Perpetuates the inability to basically communicate with others. 
And then that inability to communicate, then what does that do? The, well, the fears that you have, the anxiety, are escalated. So then what happens? You're going to detach. And this is the typical story of the emotionally neglected inner child. You have this, the, the inner child has such a, it's like this hazy notion of what a warm human, human relationship feels like. And the, the, to be able to comprehend satisfaction in a relationship, it seems out of touch. There's no way. So, when you learn as a child to then what, what what will happen for some children is this. You learned that I'm going to expect nothing, but I want some applause, right? I want some something that I'm more, something. So one, sometimes this neglected inner, this child will go on performing, um, winning friends. See, this is where you're going to go outside of the home. And this is where now what happens is you're looking for praise outside the home and um, you want to impress with accomplishments, right? Something, a lot of gracious manners. Um, you want to look thoughtful. Now, you will be able to do this. This is why the dismissive avoidant can do this in the beginning of the relationship. They're looking for the applause. Okay. And which is just something, a momentary comfort of, you know, warmth with somebody in attachment. Because now remember the, the child would have looked for this outside of the home in some way. Right. But anyways, but now let's say, so you get that applause from somebody but what happens again, the minute they try to move, move too close to you, you want to break free and you do, you break off from that relationship. And a lot of the times it's abruptly. So when, when you've been neglected and, you know, scarred, a lot of neglected children become the expert at what? Exploiting others. So here's where the narcissist comes in. Okay, so are you ready for this? When you're unable to attach in deep ways to anyone, they will turn to using others. Because they know how to stimulate interest and sympathy in themselves. And then they will demand love, affection, attention, and emotional support. And even material support. Hello, narcissist. But it's a one-way street. Okay, so if such support is asked of them in return, they will break off the relationship. This is where the narcissist, you ready, has those people waiting in the wings. Hi, just in case this person asked anything in return from me, I've got somebody that's going to ask nothing of me. It's a one-way street. Okay, that is where the narcissist and the neglected child, inner child come in, right? So, and what also are they? Um, impulsive. If you look at narcissists, they're very impulsive. 
Now, the impulsiveness is what? It's, it helps them feel alive. Because guess what? They feel dead inside. They're lonely. There's nothing in there. So they rush here and there and they plunge into those romances, right? Might keep up frantic schedules. Um, but there's really nothing going on there. And it's only momentary satisfactions. Momentary. Moving from one thing to another. And they continually, guess what? Self-neglect. So they're turning towards the world with little or no feeling about themselves, right? Um, and they actually have hopelessness and despair. But then they, so they use others to get the hopelessness, the despair that they feel within them. They use others to give them some hope and bring them out of despair, but then can't attach and just uses them to everything I just described, remember, just to get their their needs met, they exploit them, right? Because remember, again, they want you and demand of you to love them, to give them constant attention and emotional support and material support, but expect nothing in return. What the hell, right? Okay. So this again, you're seeing the narcissist and the dis this is where the dismissive avoidant fall. So the level of neglect is really whether you're going to be dealing with a dismissive avoidant or a narcissist. Woo! That's a lot, right? What and now, what do the narcissist what does the narcissist do? Protest, despair, detachment. If you're not giving them what they need, if you're not meeting their expectations, they protest. Rage. They're horrible, right? At that shit. Rage, rage, rage. Then they feel despair because guess what? They're actually, oh my God, I'm rage, but this person is not meeting my needs. They're not meeting my expectations. Then what do they do? They detach. And this throws their partners into tailspins. Protest, despair, detachment. Protest, despair, detachment. So, if you're with one of these people, please stop. You get a realistic look at what I'm telling you right now. Like, really think about this, okay? And I'm not saying that the dismissive avoidant can't change, they can, but they need to recognize this. They need to see it and they need to want to heal it, right? So one of the things that I try to work with with the dismissive avoidant is, you know, when, what exactly is it that's causing you, you know, at what moment, what is the cause to withdraw from others and move away from them, right? And that is where, at what point, I need to get specific with the point of withdrawal because that's going to lead me to, okay, this is when we get there. Now, remember, nothing, healing is about changing patterns and rewiring. I need to figure out the pattern. 
the moment of detachment. You can ask yourself that, by the way. So, um, usually there's certain circumstances. Okay. And sometimes you might find that you don't need to put up the barriers. But here's the one other big thing and then I'm gonna I'm gonna leave us here in a minute is this is that at any sign one small sign of rejection they detach that I know and here's the problem with this well let's go back just the perspective of emotional reasoning if I feel it it must be true so if they feel there's a rejection happening, even though it's bullshit and it's, e their, it's their ego feeding them these automatic negative thoughts. Oh yeah, he or she is rejecting you. They don't like you, this and that, or you know, they're never going to blah, 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 blah. That is the moment of detachment. Rejection is a big one. So in order to be in a relationship, you... Um, you can't just demand warmth, closeness, and everything else that you want, but never give it in return. And so what happens? Dismissive avoidant, the neglected inner child, is consistently and constantly feeling dissatisfied with their relationships. And they have very superficial social relationships, but they're constantly yearning to meet and be with people on a much deeper, deeper, more intimate level, right? But they can't and they it frightens them and then they panic and and then they realize the longing for intimacy is so deep um, and they want to be mothered. That's the bottom line. Your neglected inner child wants to be mothered. <sighs> and when your partner doesn't mother you. The way you want to be mothered, you deny the need for closeness and you escape, <coughs> excuse me, from that discomfort that you've known your whole life because you were never emotionally connected or mothered. And you might enjoy some relationships, you might enjoy some things, but you never really get that up close because you withdraw and panic from any relationship that, guess what, offers more than maybe a casual friendship. Some people are really talented and they've, the dismissive point, I don't mean some, everybody has talents, right? But the, a lot of the dismissive avoidance will find their, um, their emptiness and loneliness, they feed it through work. That's a big thing, right? Um, and when they, when they even slightly succumb to the warmth of somebody else, they struggle so hard against it. And the defensive reactions come in from the neglected past. And all of the opportunities for peace, joy, love, and happiness that they should have seized slip by. And this is where you're going to find... Yes, the divorce is in two, but this is also where you're going to find it. I'm not saying it's everybody, but a lot of people by their late 40s, 50s, if they have never really been in a serious relationship, married, or even have been in a six, seven, eight year relationship, but never married them, 
this is where you're going to find your dismissive avoidant. That's why they say if you meet somebody in their late 40s, 50s, and they've never been married, there is a reason why, by the way. There is. Okay, well, thank you for tuning in to Relationship Rescue. Every relationship begins with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you are in a relationship with one of these people, by the way, and you are a people pleaser, click the link in my um, in the notes here and watch the workshop. Watch my workshop on how to stop people pleasing and start honoring yourself. Super important. Until next time, bye-bye. Yeah.